behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. It's June 11th. It's hot outside. And there's a lot going on still. What did you wear to your protest? How are you learning to be an anti-racist? Are you supporting Black businesses? And there's so much to do and unravel and dismantle. Um, I love all this discourse about defunding the police as well. But today... We have a guest. We're going to talk about mental health, especially mental health for specifically Black people. And that includes people of color too, B-I-P-O-C, which means Black Indigenous People of Color. Um, so welcome to the show, Linda Lysing. Hi, thank you. I love, uh, I love what you just said about Black Indigenous People of Color. It's a, it's a cool descriptive right now. I know it's so funny it was trending and a lot of people because of pride month thought it meant bisexual people of color which is also very sweet (laughs) that's true it's different kind of inclusivity isn't it yeah yeah not not bad just wrong Mm -hmm. um and a lot has happened since Linda was on the show last which was probably two years ago uh Linda is a certified life coach who is a uh, personal friend who started as a professional friend. And she was kind of always a coach um, when we worked together in Bridal because she was always coaching uh, these women off the ledge. And she had a, she had great soft skills and I've learned a lot from her and she's been a resource for me um, as a friend and as an ally for a very, very long time. Um, Linda, you are official and accredited. Uh, can you speak to the IPEC philosophy? Yes. So um, IPEC stands for um, uh, Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, which is, a, is maybe a, a dry name that doesn't fully capture um, what that education is about. But as Nicole knows, um, we focus on energy, um, because at the end of the day, we are all energy, and it looks at how we operate from the lens of, like, what level of energy, and it's not even saying, like, oh, this is a bad one, this is a good one, it's sort of, like, the more you know um, about your own energy, the lower levels and the higher levels, um, and the more conscious you are, the more you can employ them when you need them, Um, so they have a specific assessment called the ELI, which is the Energy Leadership Index. And um, it's fascinating stuff if you, you know, ever have the privilege of taking the assessment and getting a debrief. It's it's pretty fascinating. And, um, you know, to that, I'll just say that level one and level two energies are kind of like predominating right now, which is level one is kind of like a victim energy where you don't feel like you – have agency over what's around you, you know, like life is happening to you and you feel kind of helpless against it. Level two is kind of where you're punching against it. Like you're still not maybe, sometimes you can get what you want, sometimes not, but the anger kind of provides like a burst of energy towards it. Um, neither is desirable to live in for a very long time, but anger can serve us, um, especially in times like this where we decide enough. We're not just going to tolerate anymore. So um, I love thinking about the energetics of this time. 
Yes, um, your book, the book you lent me to learn about um, energy leadership was so good. Um, and I can't remember it off the top of my head because I don't want to step away from my illustrious dining room here and go and grab. <laughs> yeah, energy leadership. Energy leadership. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, it talks about, if you guys are interested, the specifics of these levels that Linda's referring to, I found really helpful. It also a little bit reminds me of like chakra alignment, you know, and, totally, and, and, totally. and Linda's like my woo-woo sister in the sense that she'll understand my witchery. She understands law of attraction. She understands manifestation, mm -hmm. visualization, um, feeling as good as you can on a day-to-day -day basis, even if every day is not going to be a 10, right? Absolutely. And you're a manifesting machine. And, you know, I think that sharing this stuff with you has been like amazing because, you know, we get to kind of chew through it and um, integrate it into both of our lives. And going back to your woo woo thing, I think the thing about energy leadership, which is really great, is like it works for corporate as well as individual. You know, it, there's no like it's energy is just energy. And, you know, I like aligning it to things like chakras and stuff like that because it, that's like the spiritual side of it. But, you know what, there's just a real practical side to it that you can kind of embrace and then employ to up-level if that's what you're about or become more enlightened if that's what you're about. Yeah, um, I kind of cheated and I hit Mama Google. So, guys, the book is uh, Energy Leadership, Transforming Your Workplace and Your Life from the Core by Bruce D. Schneider. And he is the guy that started IPAC, correct? Yes. Great. Okay, so now we got the specifics and the credentials down, which I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> that Linda was already, like, qualified by life prior. And so she just kind of, this is just like the cherry on top. You know, this is the tip of the iceberg of who she is when it comes to wanting to help others essentially feel good we struggle with feeling good on a day-to-day -day basis and what you see outside right now with protests and demonstrations and um uncomfortable conversations uh is people not feeling good and that specifically being black people um mm -hmm. and them needing a certain amount of tools and e being black i am black and and linda do you want to just speak to your heritage just a little bit for the audience yeah, sure. I um I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and you know, like a lot of um, cities in the Northeast, it definitely does have a kind of um like a black-white contingent, not dissimilar to you know Nicole's Chicago, where there's um, a lot of kind of Polish and German and that kind of whiteness too. Um, but I myself, my mother is Japanese, my father is a native uh, Buffalonian. Um, and so, yes, I don't necessarily like look like my name. Um, people always wonder what I am. And growing up somewhere where I was always other was interesting. Um, you know, the not belonging for the longest time until you decide, you know, you're, you go to university and you see every color and, you know, creed represented and you become a little bit more of a, a global citizen. And yet, you know, we carry our... Um, our otherness with us and that that awareness so yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think what if you have any kind of otherness to you that's not kind of waspy white straight you know cis gender identifying um mm -hmm. which is at the top of the food chain um whether we like it or not 
I think that you can experience a level of marginalization on a, on a sliding scale and you mm-hmm. know what that feels like to feel hate just because you are other. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. when we say people of color, and I'm not saying I'm a person of color, I'm saying I'm a black woman, like proudly. Mm-hmm. And, and Linda is a, a woman of color. And when we talk about that, I just want to make sure that people aren't lumping. What I see a lot of is the tiptoeing around the conversation of blackness and Mm -hmm. people and companies that are all coming out with these statements saying we stand in solidarity with the black community and black lives matter. A hundred percent that's progress, but also there's a lot of statements about we stand with people of color And, and that could be someone that's Mexican that, marks Caucasian on the census so that they can assimilate and understand that America and and whiteness, white supremacy is all about assimilation, making sure that Mm -hmm. you get a job with white people, making sure that you sound or you dress white or whatever that assimilation looks like. And everyone is trying to have straight hair and fair skin to assimilate into whiteness to support white supremacy so that they could put food on a table or buy a house in a proper neighborhood or whatever that means for for them and so Mm -hmm. the the person of color thing doesn't directly speak to blackness and what we're saying black lives matter that means that we're carrying the stigma we're carrying our descendants and ancestors trauma in the way that we look and feel in the dark skin in the dark skin yeah no that is such a great point and you know i see all these um statements released by companies and you know yes it's it's great i think that it's a positive kind of peer pressure you know to to have that out there but i want them to you know walk their talk and you know get into having those more uncomfortable conversations um, about what it means, whether it sounds, you know, angry or if it's just, you know, strictly educational, but to understand what the experience is. And yeah, I think we've come a long way. And if you don't mind, I just want to say one more thing about the energy leadership piece, because I think it's kind of pertinent. So I talked about level one, you know, kind of victimhood and level two, kind of like more your aggressive kind of angrier energy. But level three is interesting because it's a higher level. And what it does is it releases the anger so that you can kind of be okay, right? Um, Kind of like, oh, you start to understand that they didn't mean anything by it. So it's like, what, what does it take for me to feel better and be happy? The unfortunate thing about this level, though, is that we can get complacent in this level. So we start to just tolerate, right? And, you know, I'm sure, Nicole, like you've been in workplaces where you just, well, I'm sure as a black woman, you sort of understand that intrinsically what you tolerate versus like, you know, being free to just be you and express yourself. You have a, that, that, that duality, you know, of, of understanding what you must do. But for all these companies, um, you know, I think it, it behooves us to continue to make them a little uncomfortable because comfort kind of keeps the status quo. So obviously we have this really cool, like, you know, terror in our universe right now. And that's a good thing, you know. Um, I don't know. I was laughing thinking about 
have you heard of this? Like, you know, the chairs like at a McDonald's apparently are like tilted a certain degree, so it's kind of uncomfortable. So <laughs> you just shitty eat chairs. And go. They're like they're yeah. they swivel. But that's a design, like on purpose, meaning don't loiter, don't linger mm-hmm. here, you know. But I mean, I kind of want us to be just uncomfortable enough where we just don't linger. Like, okay, everybody put out their statements, great, and now we're aware. But you know, and then that doesn't mean we have to, you know, relive every day you know, a death, I want there to be productive conversations, right? But I don't want it to kind of sink back into tolerance, right? Right, complacency. complacency. Yeah, I mean, code switching and assimilation and everything that we were told and our, our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents were told to do to kind of fit in, be a culture fit, you know, has not worked and so yeah black people are just like look tell us what to do like if you want us to eat more peanuts right so that you don't kill us we'll eat more peanuts to not get killed <laughs> you know like right. tell us what no, you God. need to be comfortable and accept me as an equal what do you need to to grant me equity right and you know what? It's it's interesting because a lot of it is an inside job. Like this is like you culturally, you know, like you're right. Like black people have tried to, you know, comply or assimilate or, you know, whatever, whether it means just for survival or for coping or for promotion, you know, um, some people get far, you know, with assimilating to a certain degree. But I think like, I think about the concept of true versus truth, Right. Like there's what is true, okay, and that's like doesn't matter, you know, your belief or consensus. Like we can say it's true. And what can we say? I mean, it's not just Black Lives Matter. Lives matter, right? Like we shouldn't kill, you know. And um, But our truth is something different. And I think just recognizing that culturally, and I have it too because, you know, I, was, I, I grew up in a school – where, you know, I forgot I was, like, colored sometimes, you know, until, like, they started talking about, like, Pearl Harbor, and all of a sudden everyone's looking at me, and I'm like, I'm an American, right. you know what I mean? Like, like all of a sudden, like, my otherness gets called out, and then I'm reminded, you know what I mean? Otherwise, I'm just, you know, my thoughts sitting in that classroom, right? But the learning that we receive is just that, you know, the point of the center, the zero point, that perspective is white, you know, is of a specific cultural experience and everything else is other, right? So I think that we need to correct that thinking, you know, and say like, oh, you know, black experience is 20 degrees to the left in the negative zone or, you know, this person's experience is like this. I think that, um, you know, we just need to kind of recognize like what we were considering to be true, like, don't you trust your history books, you know, like to, to be true? No, you know, because they are someone's truth, you know, they're uh, a chosen truth, but they're not true. So I think we need to correct that in a massive way. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about the coping. So right now, professionally mm-hmm. and personally, there are a lot of white people reaching out to me asking me how I'm doing and if I'm okay and if there's anything that they can do with the backdrop of COVID and coronavirus 
So, you know, the black community, whatever is bad or going wrong in America, the black community gets hit the hardest, you know, because that's where a larger part of the population just has disparity all across the board, whether that's about wages or, you know, anything, living space, health care, education level. Uh, we are tend to mm-hmm. always be doing the worst, and so when something like this happens, it's, it's difficult to literally cope. It's it's hard to, you know, um, my grandparents used to say, you know, companies who hire black people, you're last hired, but you're first fired, and that feeling mm. of constantly being disposable is what we carry with us and I, I I think a lot of companies are trying to do a good job of you know giving black people tools to help with their mental care like self-care mental care all of that stuff is at an all-time high right now but no one is specifically speaking mm-hmm. to the trauma that you carry in your skin when you leave your home yeah here I could meditate I could do breath work I, I can do transcendental yeah. meditation um, I could close my eyes, I could visualize, I could spray my aura sprays, burn my sage, burn my Palo Santo, say my prayers, watch positive things on TV, not feed the the pain body as Eckhart Tolle described and, you know, um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, and not feed the trauma. And then you go out and there's little things, some white mom runs you over the stroller and then somebody gets in front of you at the cafe, a white woman who, who she just doesn't see you. Right. And, and then, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you pay for your coffee and they throw the change on, on the counter. Cause they don't want to touch your skin your your hand, which makes us now coronavirus <laughs> or, um, right. You know, I, I've just been bumped and body checked so many times by white men and women in my lifetime where it's like, then what? Then call them out and then make them uncomfortable and have this whole conversation with a complete stranger? I mean, and then what? Have them call yeah. the police on me and then what happens? The police are going to come. As soon as they say the word black on the 911 call, it's like, send five units and, you know, be armed to to the to the head, like a, like a military. You know, like, so it, yeah, it's just yeah. like, Wow, you know, I really want positive thinking and breath work to get me out of those situations. Um, I would love for that. I think that's the way you heal and the way you cope. But while you're trying to live the good life, you get all these interruptions. And, you know, just one statistic, it says Mm. that Black adults have um, 10 to 20% more symptoms of psychological distress, but they're half as likely mm-hmm. to receive the treatment or the medication for it. And my experience with therapy is that it's been usually a white woman of a certain class who is highly educated, you know, and someone paid for that, mm-hmm. that um, education, right? That really good schooling. And, mm-hmm. you know, now she's this elite therapist. How is she going to tell me how to cope with being right. a black woman or a queer black woman or a disabled black person? You, you know, how can she really yeah. give me the tools to cope when, again, you wear the trauma in your, in your skin? The minute they see 
your skin color. I mean, there, this whole thing about white shield during the demonstrations and protests is black people screaming white mm-hmm. shield and white people coming to stand in front of them as a barrier between them and law enforcement because they know that law enforcement will not harm a white body. So mm-hmm. tools for that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, no, I mean, I thought that was powerful because it completely acknowledges it's, it's unfair, but life is unfair, but like, you know, and I'm not saying that it's a band-aid right now, but it, it, the fact that they acknowledge like, like just such a simple, awful idea, right. That, that right. They won't like mow down a white person or they'll hesitate more, you know, but I, I, I like that as the start of a conversation. And I think that there's just it's so many pieces, like you talked about the white therapist, right. And, I, and, and as you were talking about that, I also thought to myself, well, kind of like, I think there's got to be a few things um, like institutions have to have better resources for black people or, you know, people of, of color who, who are struggling like within, within the organization, obviously. But I'm also thinking as a community, because what you said, like there's a collective scarring trauma, you know, um, that I'm wondering what it would even look like within the community um, to have more, like, I think everybody probably is like kind of keep calm and carry on, right? Like, you know, like amongst each other, because we you all know it's happening. So unless something really egregious happens, and you might vent a little, you're probably like, so used to coping, that even amongst each other, right? And so I'm wondering, like, what might be a good release within the culture and without, you know, like outside of. And I wonder, I don't know how many, you know, specifically like black therapists there are, but I would hope, and I don't know for sure, you know, but sometimes like we think, oh, because the field of psychology is kind of populated by, right, a certain type of person, maybe do we perceive that they're better or is it just that we can't find enough to service our needs? We are you know? all taught that the white expert is the best person, right? Well, see, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm wondering. And, and you know, but to feel like, oh, that's the best, but then not the best for you, right? Like for your experience. And, you know, I I do believe that, like, I don't, you know, like, I don't have to have gone through the exact trauma somebody has has gone through, you know, like our lives can look different, but I can still hold the space and speak to and help release it or what have you. But again, going back to, you know, the assumed way of thinking, and if you get a therapist who's not curious enough to dig around to understand how different the perspective of their client is, right? Um, how deep the trauma goes and if they're afraid of tackling those things, which I could very well picture, you know, like someone gets a little too emotionally seated. What if they just prescribe the medication instead of dealing with the trauma, for instance, right? Yeah, I just think that, you know, you don't have to be the same, you know, thing as your client to relate to your client. There's tons of child psychologists and uh, 
gynecologists and, and, and OBGYNs that deliver babies that ha- don't have children of their own, right? So, but what they did was they went to mm-hmm. fucking school for like 11 years mm-hmm. and then had to like do a residency. Yeah. I mean, they have put in their time to be the expert. And I just wonder what that looks like mm-hmm. for dealing with marginalized people, um, gender, class, race. I, I am dubious that they're prepared yeah. or have taken the time to do that extra studying and digging, like you said. And so it's very difficult for a black woman to mm-hmm. find a black therapist. They joke about it and insecure all the time. Molly has a black female therapist in it. And I love that representation in that show that like how, how yeah. much more effective it is just for her to have a, a black woman that carries the same trauma um, and you know, I think mm-hmm. a day or two ago that, so that show, this is us, you know, they had a black female writer. She wrote a lot of episodes, like 20 episodes or something, and she committed suicide. And, and while we don't know the details of her personal life, we can, as a collective, as you say, we wonder about her state of mind as a black woman in white dominant Hollywood, trying to make it as a television writer, being a black creative, you know, black creatives have been shushed just for years. Our opinions, you know, (laughs) don't matter at the table. We get a seat at the table, but you gotta be quiet. And even though we Mm -hmm. don't know her collectively, black women felt that we're like, she killed herself. Mm. And, and, and was she ever misdiagnosed? Did she ever have the opportunity to get the support and the tools she needed? Because so often we we don't get them, we don't have them, we can't afford them. You know, it's just, I I imagine that a lot of Black people keep to themselves that they have wanted to kill themselves. And a lot of it is related to to racism and marginalization. Maybe they got fired. Maybe, you know, that guy that went crazy some factory he had been complaining about them leaving nooses and stuff in his locker for years so and he worked there for years wow and uh one day he came in and he killed everyone killed a number of people his old boss maybe seven other people and then killed himself and it's like as tragic as that sounds like yeah technically he is the criminal in this situation right he's like a terrible guy his complaints about the culture and the environment went ignored for two decades. It builds up over time. And, and microaggressions may not seem like a big deal or a racist joke may not seem like a big deal at the time, but it's painful. It's painful. So. Yeah. Well, see, I think, I think, you know, Kicking in like like stories like that, you know. Um, again, right now, everyone's really listening, you know. And I think that they are trying to emphasize more. Um, and that sounds like a lukewarm word, and I don't mean it to be. I just mean that you know when I said about like what is your truth, right? And what was that man's truth as a black man in a hostile environment for so many years? I mean, you know, um, think about his resiliency 
you know, just that he, he lasted as long as he did, right? But, like, uh, it, it sounds horrific, um, you know, to have someone actively, like, dangling death right there, you know? Um, but, like I said, the more of individual truths that can be told um, at a point when people are listening and kind of, and this is going to sound terrible, but I think it's kind of true, rehumanizing, you know, individual experiences, um, you know, of, of individual black people. I think it, it, it is a great time to really like, you know, drive those points home. I think within the community, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like there is like with any group of people, just a spectrum of how you'd react, you know? So somebody might just be like, boom, I'm quitting this place, right? Um, or somebody's like, you know, I, if I just show them, if I just work a little harder and I show them, maybe they'll soften. You know, everybody, we all have our, our, our way, and that is regardless of what, what color you are. Um, but I think that, you know, it's hard because when yet another person falls, you know, whether it's um, like a suicide or, you know, like, yeah, at the hands of a, of a, of a cop, or what have you, it's, it's adding to the collective trauma, you know what I mean? And, but I think there's collective trauma and individual trauma. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and again, I don't have the, the no, I, I don't think any of us have the answer. They say like, you know, don't watch the news too much. Don't watch George Floyd's murder over and over and over again on your social media feeds on facebook on tv on the news you know give yourself a break they said the same thing with 9-11 don't keep watching those planes hit the buildings it, it it's trauma and um but we you know we put in after 9-11 we put in measures to hopefully prevent that from happening again you got to take your shoes off right all these different things went into um, policy mm -hmm. so that hopefully that tragedy would never happen again. Where is the reform so that we can stop looking at the murders? We need the murders to stop so that we don't have to keep looking at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we need reform. And yeah. um, go ahead. So, mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say, like, if we woke up tomorrow and, you know, this was not an issue anymore, like, at all, just, it was just calm, normal, multitude of people just, like, living together and, you know, just negotiating for the same things, you know, struggling with the same, you know, expenses and the same, you know, career struggles and whatever and it felt kind of even across the board what would have to be different what would what would be different i think uh so many things i think that leadership would be different i think that you know this 400 year head start you know economically let, let's let's take for instance the the situation of post-Holocaust survivors. Because they talk about this mm -hmm. a lot with reparations. One day, 
collectively Jews were able to wake up and they were not going to be taken to concentration camps. But there's a lot of damage that that, that has been done. Germany has mm-hmm. recognized that damage, put in policies, the wall came down, reparations are still being paid. $70 billion has been paid to and, and you still can't take away the trauma. There are people with the tattoo of the number on their arm. There's great-grandparents right now alive that lived through a concentration camp um, experience. And they're still, they're helped financially. That's the number one way you can free yourself. I think that looking white has helped assimilate Jews into mainstream white culture mm-hmm. because they are still still white people with this incredible traumatic past. Mm -hmm. When does the black Holocaust end? When do the reparations come? So I think what I'm hearing you say is, is to have total recognition and validation of what the black experience actually is from the history from from the beginning and just how wrong it is in the fact that this country was built you know upon upon that situation and then just kept growing from there but i think you want recognition and validation along with a material um what is it representation of the I'm sorry or you know like we were wrong um which I think is I think there's a time totally per valid. day in Germany um a friend of mine went over there to live for a job and she's of Jewish you know lineage and you you stop and pause I think they take a moment of silence uh for the holocaust deaths every day I think it's every day that they pause and just for a few minutes everyone yeah stops on the sidewalk and acknowledges there's also plaques throughout the country of this honoring survivors and recognizing that disaster that you you know what i'm saying it is education we Mm -hmm. have been educated in every almost every grade some version of the holocaust and not some whitewash version like you were slaves then Lincoln free jaw and now everybody is Bill Gates. Um, you know, like there needs to be, oh, and Martin yeah. Luther King was a great man, but they killed him. So, you know, too bad, so sad. Like it's this just really surface level of education about black people in, in general. You were slaves, now you're not, be happy. Um, and so I appreciate yeah. Well, no, and they thought that the work ended there, you know, and it obviously didn't. Like, the Holocaust, it was more of like an event, you know, with concrete beginning and end, right? A little, like, a lot more. But I think that this is where we're going back to the coping and tolerating. And, you know, um, the way it's kind of grown, it's almost like we never, um, you know, we never, like, took away like the dead growth on the tree, you know what I mean? It's still kind of like intertwined and, and in there. And so like part of the tree is just rotten, you know what I mean? Because like they, we never 
really correct yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, wrong. We, you know, to undo centuries, it takes centuries, you know, but we could be a little bit more proactive in undoing it, you know? And so, uh, like you said, like waking mm-hmm. up and it, things being different, I, I, I feel it being different now. You know, and um, I, I feel that difference now, yeah. but I also think that we also put ourselves in bubbles that help us cope. Like there's diverse cities like sure. New York and L.A. that are uh, forward progressive thinking. Weed is legal. You know, uh, neighborhoods are, are blended. Um, it, you know, most likely we're not going to see Confederate flags walking around. But in the South, there's a different history. There's a different environment. So, you know, I think Black people mm-hmm, make choices mm-hmm. to improve their life, to be in the most liberal situations possible. But we don't even want to go back to yesterday. Like, I hear people are like, oh, the fashion of the 50s and 60s were so beautiful. Wouldn't you want to live during that time? I don't want to tra- travel back in time to those days. Yeah. I, I, I mean, no, I, I don't even <laughs> yeah, want to go back to 10 minutes ago, let alone I know. 20. We can, we can appreciate the visuals, but yeah, for sure. I think about like, you know, 1920s and I'm like, yeah, it wouldn't have been so good for me then. So yeah, <laughs> I totally hear you. You know, I was having this thought, and I'm writing um, a blog piece on it, but thinking about, okay, so. Yeah. You know, know, like the law of attraction. Yeah. (laughs) You're going back to your woo. But um, the thing about that is this, like, okay, to get in the vortex, you have to go with the parts that are good and working, right? And it's a little, it doesn't mean you ignore, like, that stuff has to, you know, change or things are things are bad or rotten or broken, what have you, right? But when, you know, you're in the state of good and you continue with, with that and, and, and let it flow more freely, you can create, you create more good from a place of good, okay? So I was thinking about that and I was thinking about all the people who are doing, like, personal development in in specifically kind of um, not necessarily just spiritual, but anyone who's into, you know, um, mindfulness, for instance, right? Like that's just such a big word now. And, you know, people are kind of tapping into why meditation is good and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I think about how, yes, I want, there needs to be different laws. There needs to be different punishments. I mean, there just needs to be big, huge sweeping structural changes. But I was also thinking that it's a mindset thing, right? Like why, I mean, I, I, my bus broke down in Georgia in some tiny little town and I had little <laughs> flutters. Like I didn't, I was like, oh no, you know, like, like what's going to happen to me, right? Like, like really though, you know, it was like this little dry cleaner, like it was like midnight, you yeah. know, like, like we had to like wait in the lobby and I just was like, oh man, like I'm expecting people in right. pickup trucks to, you know, take me away somewhere, you know? And why would I, why would I feel that flutter? Right. But I felt it like it just, it just was there, you know? Um, But I I was thinking that, so the people that, okay, you can kind of like laugh (laughs) at your Gwyneth Paltrow goop, you know, like, oh yeah, it's like, I'm just going to yoga it out and I'm going to this and I'm going to, I'm so enlightened. But what if we harness that energy and say, Hey, while you're enlightening yourself, like, 
how about you approach it with intentionality, right? How about you actually try to take in this new information, take in the experience of you recently had a conversation with your black friend and asked how you could help. Well, I hope you listen to her. And then why don't you actually get into mindfulness about that subject, right? Um, Because what it is, is like just, you know, white supremacy. I mean, I'm glad we kind of reclaimed that word from people that are like, you know, (laughs) like the KKK and all this craziness, right? Right, because that's the thing that makes it sound so fringy. But what we have to acknowledge, like I'm half white, I have some parts because my father just grew up experiencing what he experienced without having to think about it, right? So on some level, I relate to that experience as well as being other. And I think that we all have to take what we just like know to be true up to now, right? And mindfully disengage from that. And so I was thinking, well, if we take all the people who are, you know, and we could say, oh, they're already enlightened, so we don't have to worry about them. It's the scary people, you know, that aren't there yet. But I do think that we have to just shift the consciousness of this country, you know, the liberal enlightened view and really make it more even and inclusive. And yeah, I mean, and, and that sounds a lot, about, a lot like what Marianne Williamson was talking about I mean she was even getting into capitalism and how it exploits everyone you know and I don't want to take the conversation away from like literally like black people Mm -hmm. are having like this shitty experience Um, but you know then it it gets really complicated when you start adding like capitalism to it right and the whole idea is supposed to be this free and fair market and we as we know it's not Um, but you know that's the thing Mm -hmm. that's so sad about like losing jazz fly or jazz waters right because she's a symbol and i don't even like that they're saying like oh the death of a urban or hip-hop journalist like she is a writer we can't even like be a writer without this she's a hip-hop writer or she's an urban writer she wrote this is us everyone right. watches this is us not just hip hoppers. Yeah. You know, like, don't call her that. Mm-hmm. She is a writer. She is a creative and right, she is an artist right. that transcended her race. And what it is, is that that space of being a respected, celebrated black writer in that white dominant Hollywood room, she cracked the ceiling. And, and even though we don't know her, all the black girls are, are, are rooting mm-hmm. for her. They're like, she got through. And she's giving yeah, them an experience yeah. that opens a door for me because so many doors are closing your face. So we're all just got our fingers crossed and we're saying our mm-hmm. prayers and energetically. We're sending her vibes like, make it. We yep. hope you make it because we want to join you one day. And little yeah. girls are like, I want to join, you know? And, and, and then when she kills herself, oh, we're like, oh my God, they broke well, another that one of us. Mm-hmm. They broke another one of us. And it's not even enough of us in that room. So yeah. every time we, you know, every, we said like every time you lose a black creative, you know, like <laughs> you could just, it, 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 it's just, it feels like yeah. not just a step back, a setback. It feels like years and years of a failure that has occurred. And so, you know, and, and, and there's so many mm-hmm. similar stories like that. That one's just fresh in my mind as, as everyone is talking about how to mentally support your, your black friend, you know, it's like, did you even know who she was before this even happened? 
you know, and or why do 75% of the white population in America, why don't mm-hmm. they have black friends? You know, so um, right. I think that yeah. for my small, petite, tiny audience, uh, I, I would love your opinion on you fully grasping the situation and, and what it is and the magnitude of it on a day-to-day what would you say I would say to black women but also just black people in general waking up in this environment keeping your energy up like above that three but the, the level one and two that's like Karen energy right <laughs> so like how do we get to three mm-hmm. and above <laughs> despite everything that's happening what would be like your your yeah. in your opinion because I respect it well I think for one you know um is feeling like you know I'll, I'll go <laughs> like just making progress and not perfection so it's like it's Rome wasn't built in a day right and you know, keep keep sharing your truth um, and, and know what it is that it takes for you as an individual um, and also, like, share with your collective. Like, me supporting you feels like it supports so many other people that I don't even know about, right, because of how you show up in this world. And I can think about your experience, you know, within being a black woman, but I spiritually, I just, I just see you, you know what I mean? And so whatever it takes to support you, the being, you know, um, just back to that energy piece, like it's okay. Like when you're a victim, like when you feel that low energy, we call it cocooning sometimes, sometimes you don't know what to do next. Right. So you kind of just lay low a little bit, but I think it's sort of like, if you have to conserve the energy until you kind of know what to do next, that's okay. And if you're angry and you decide, like, no more, I want to push this away, you know what? Anger doesn't always have to be a bad word. Like, you know, make, make it your mission to, to do a thing, to dispel a myth, to, you know, correct someone or just to maybe re-reach out to someone who might have been, like, crappy in the past and just see what they do. You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 you're, you'll prove a point or you won't prove a point. Um, but I think that, you know, just watching your energy and if you can, I guess, like, not completely take personally, like, the there's an ingrainedness. And I think that there are a lot of people that would not do specific harm to a specific person. But then collectively, you know, just like you have collective trauma, there's a collective uh, ignorance to, you know, um, I guess the white experience, you know, and what what can you do to help dispel that? Yeah, and, and you got to unfortunately do the work. Like you say, for me, you know, I'm into, you know, I'm doing gratitude every day, you know, five, five, writing down literally five points of gratitude every mm-hmm. day and, and a monthly reflection, right? And then also reading the books that, that feed that, that light that can come back darkness just to be a little corny there but like looking to the light and um I I don't I don't know Mm -hmm. that everyone is also doing the work like I want healing is a two-part process like your your doctor can 
prescribe all day, but you have to kind of rehab yourself. And um, I think I would say to the black community and to my sisters of color, like overread, overstudy, because then it's setting your brain neurons. Then it becomes a habit. Thinking Mm -hmm. positively becomes a habit. Looking to the light becomes a habit you know, and, and you're filling your cup so that you can help others. You're filling your cup yeah. so you could teach others, you know, and uh, maybe someone, yeah, that way, maybe you have like a, that's, a, a that's black family a member point. that's not coping so well. You'll have those tools to support them. Um, and and mm-hmm. even like, I mean, I know this is, you have to wear something. I'm usually talking about like fashion and stuff like that, which then led to hazmat suits and masks. But also that too, like, yeah. don't wear black every day. I mean, like, what's your palette? Like, what's your favorite color? You know, surround your home, surround, put in your closet, things that make you right. feel happy. You want a new pair of Adidas sneakers? Don't go into debt for it, but by all means, get those sneakers. You're like, do the things, the little things that, that make you feel good mm-hmm. um, so that you are prepared when that little hiccup happens. And learn what those things are. You're like, oh, here we go again, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and like, honestly, like just, yeah, learning like what what those things are that, you know, give you joy and show your colors, you know, like I'm all about kind of integration these days, like even like the good and the bad. And, you know, I think that if there is a part of you that was hiding, right, because of where you worked or what you were told or you felt like there was a a split, not a split personality, but you know what I mean, like it's okay to show this here but not here. Um, I think like what would it look like to slowly integrate those aspects, you know what I mean? Like maybe you don't completely hate the corporate wardrobe that you had to wear, you know, in your white company. Maybe some some part of you likes some of that, so you don't have to throw the baby out in the bathwater, but how do you get to be more of yourself in those places where you felt it wasn't okay before, it wasn't safe, you know, like, like push, push that a little bit, you know, and, 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 and like bring those pieces yeah. back home, I mean, you know, me, don't compartmentalize. Like journaling them. and writing down those things kind of help me because you get it out. Things like this podcast, it helps you kind of get it out. Right. Cause you know, before you had to suffer in silence and you never wanted to disrupt white comfort yeah. at work by speaking on racism, but now they're asking, you no, like, tell me those stories. So all of that is really progressive. And I, and I think I, I prefer having a coach over a therapist. Mm-hmm. I've had both because I feel like you give actionable deliverables and you can change your habit. I think life is all about how you're literally spending mm. your time, your seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, and those turn into years. So the habits you develop to working on self, you know, that's your life. And that's why I like coaches because of that, that, that nitty gritty homework. That's your life. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> Thank I you. That, that <laughs> we do like to give homework. Because therapy was like, kind of like an elite thing like I have the money to to vent to you and then you tell me your opinion and then you know I got it all out it's like no how Mm -hmm. do I change this life right right well you know like thinking about the self-help industry like think about all those books right like 
if we, we probably only need one book and then like we'd be like, okay, all our dreams are coming true, but why doesn't that happen? And it's because like as you're reading it, your brain's like fired up with like, oh my God, that's so true. Wow, look at that. You know, like oh, I never thought of it this way or like, damn, there it was all along, right? But awareness without action like leaves it in the book, right? It doesn't become part of your cellular structure and your and your lens and your way of thinking. So that's what we as coaches like to do is just, you know, kind of like, yes, look at this awareness right now, right? But what does that mean to you? And what does that look like? Like tomorrow, how do you live that new awareness, right? And that's what it is, is it's like, you know, you want it to kind of, you want to like, like, I don't know, this one coach I follow, she's like, it's like a Pac-Man, right? Like you eat all the pellets and how can they create puts more potential for you? And you want to just kind of like, if you want to move forward and eat life, like, you know, take that awareness and then live well, it, apply it, you know, and that's what we have to do. So kicks us off of here. I think they give us an hour and then we would have to start a whole new hour again. Um, I would yeah. love you to tell people how to find okay. you, all your stuff, the Insta, the this, the that you know, whatever you want to share with the audience about uh, finding you. I have had success with Linda. I don't know if you guys view me as a highly functioning individual, but I'm trying here. I'm trying. So Linda, go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So um, my company is known as Homeless Life. So it's, um, it, my website is www. and then it's helm h e l m this t h i s l i f e dot com. Um, I'm completely reachable there on Facebook as well, um, Helmless Life, and on Instagram. So I would love to connect, and I am hoping to have my own podcast soon. Yeah, with like a scratch right back. Lovely I host. We're going to do that anyway, whether so we have tuned. a podcast or not. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, I mean, we're just going to do that. <laughs> I'm so grateful to have you on the show. I always feel better after speaking with you. Um, and I try not to fall into that victimhood. Try, you know, if you're a person of color, do your best to not kind of focus on how you've been oppressed, but those little steps you can make to get you farther from it. Um, is just a little bit more productive anyway for me. So I'm reading all the things, I'm listening to all the things, I'm watching all the things and mm-hmm. make sure you have allies like Linda in your life that are actually authentically showing up for you. And till next time, as always, I will say peace.